Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Three players with floors to avoid right now on Fantasy Football Today in 5. Adam Azer and Jacob Gibbs. We're talking about players who have very low floors, at least in Jacob's mind. Uh, maybe very low is, <laughs> is an extreme, but a little bit too low for where they're being drafted, let's say that. So, some big names here. DK Metcalf. Yeah, all right. I know you love DK Metcalf as a player. You're saying you're avoiding him. Yeah, all these guys are really good players. Um, and it's just that I, I think their draft range is a little bit high uh, relative to where their floor could be if things really don't go well. Um, DK Metcalf, we talked about touchdown dependency on um, the, the you know ceilings to target with Michael Pittman and you know Dalvin Cook. Uh, it's the percentage of fantasy points that came via touchdowns. Uh, the league average um, among players with 350 routes run was 18.6. DK Metcalf's uh, rate was 22% each of his first seasons. Um, which is, you know, pretty regular. That jumped all the way up to 30% last year, which was the fourth highest rate um, among 72 qualified receivers. Um, outside of the touchdowns, everything else last year was pretty discouraging, especially from an efficiency standpoint for Metcalf, but like it kind of got masked because he scored those touchdowns. And I think efficiency is going to be a concern again um, without Russell Wilson. Um, and so if the touchdowns don't come, it's pretty simple. If the touchdowns don't come, if Seattle is going to be, you know, passing the ball at one of the lowest rates in the NFL, we're likely looking at a low route run total, relatively low yard per route run production, which is what we saw last year and is what I would expect again this year. Um, so we could see another sub 1,000 yard season for Metcalf. And if his touchdown rate regresses without Wilson, I think his floor really could be pretty scary on a week to week basis. And that's something we saw you know, in the second half of the season. Um, so he's definitely somebody I'm just, I'm a little bit leery. I don't think I'm going to have much of him this year. And he's not exactly going to be a target hog. You know, it's never truly separated himself over a full season from Tyler Lockett and targets. Um, and, but he, uh, the one thing I'll say in his defense is that DK Metcalf did have, I think a knee injury that he played through mm-hmm. at the end of the year and needed a procedure. So he wasn't as efficient perhaps because he wasn't as healthy. Now, how about Damian Harris? This is a guy, especially in full PPR, I'm not I'm not touching, I don't know, maybe round eight or nine. I think he's going in round six. And I just think, yeah, I think the floor is so low because you're talking maybe 15, 20 catches, maybe, right? And yeah. you got Stevenson in there. They were, they were almost a 50-50 split after Harris got hurt. I think Harris is a better running back than Stevenson, but I think Stevenson's good enough. Uh, all the things are working against him here. So I'm sure you're seeing things the same way. Yeah, for sure. He he just scored two rushing touchdowns on 137 carries in 2020. And then last year he scored 15 times on 202 rushing attempts. Uh, his touchdown dependency rating was 42.8%. Uh, that's the second highest rate among running backs with at least 200 rushing attempts over the past 10 seasons. Um, only four running backs have had a rate above 40%. His was 43 and none have ever repeated it. Um, so it's just everything's working against him, like you said. Um, and then statistically, it's just extremely unlikely that he scores anywhere near that amount of touchdowns again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I'm pretty much all out on Harris at his ADP. And Debo Samuel is so hard to figure out, so hard to predict what his role is going to be. 
what it's like with a new quarterback, whatever. What do you think his floor is? Um, I, I think his floor is actually pretty scary and, and not something that people um, are factoring in very much. I think they kind of expect that we're going to get something similar to last year, but I think there are a lot of things that were a little bit fluky about his production last year. He's, of course, insanely good. Um, but yeah, his touchdown dependency rate rose from 15.6 across his first two seasons to 26.4% last year. That was the sixth highest among 72 qualified receivers. And then I think also it's really important to bring up his splits with uh, George Kittle on and off the field. Of course, Kittle could miss games at any given time. Um, but his target per route run rate with Kittle on the field was only 23%. It was 34% with Kittle off the field. And then the other thing that really stands out is um, high value targets, first downs and play action targets are worth significantly more fantasy points. And with Kittle on the field, um, Debo really saw his numbers like drop significantly. He was, he had a 25% target per out run rate on first downs, 26% on play action with Kittle on the field compared to 51 and 50% with Kittle off the field. And that's a pretty small sample size, of course, because we're, you know, looking at little subsets here. Um, but it's just clear that when Kittle's on, he's like significantly more emphasized in the offense and uh, Samuel is not. The last thing I'll bring up is the Brandon Ayuk factor. There's a clear change in Ayuk's involvement from week eight on, and this has been documented in San Francisco this offseason as well. Um, Ayuk's target per route run rate was 11% prior to week eight. It was 21% from that point on. And then the splits for Samuel within those subsets suggest that Ayuk definitely affected uh, his rates at the end of the year. Um, obviously, some of that had to do with the backfield usage, but his target per round rate prior to week eight, Samuel was 32%. It was only 21% from week eight on. So 21% for him, 20% for Ayuk. Um, so there's just, there's a lot of reasons. I, there, like any one of these things could affect his floor. And then when you add injury risk to that as well, I think he's a lot riskier than people are realizing. Yeah, and they're going to throw fewer passes, you would think, with Trey Lance. And uh, as I mentioned, five targets. I talked about this on our Tuesday full-length show. Five targets per game in his last eight games. And most of that was with a healthy George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk fully involved, uh, as you outlined there. So five targets per game. It's That's crazy. But he was getting a lot of carries. That's one thing. Was it because, was it because of Ayuk and Kittle? Or was it because they were using him so much in the run game that he lost the targets that way we don't know we may never know he's an interesting player all right thanks to jacob gibbs and thanks to you for watching and listening have a great weekend everybody we'll talk to you later on fantasy football today in five Peace.